Hello and welcome back to Security Insights, the podcast that takes a deeper look at today's most important issues in cybersecurity and beyond. I'm Stephen Pritchard, editor and presenter. Are we getting value for our cybersecurity spending? Budgets for cyber continue to rise, but does that represent an investment or is it just a cost? Our guest this week is Jason Hart, who's the CTO for EMEA at Rapid7. He argues that we keep buying security tools to chase down growing threats, but we're not making security part of the culture or integral to how we do business. Instead of blindly spending more then, do we need to, in his words, operationalize security and adopt more sophisticated approaches for assessing risk? And how practical is this when IT security teams spend so much of their time firefighting? And why is this now moving up the CISO's agenda? How then do we ensure that a spend that's estimated at $150 billion annually represents value for money? The common thing that I'm seeing is that Year on year, we're seeing a increase in spend in cybersecurity. In fact, last year, 150 billion was quoted by Gartner, spent on the cybersecurity industry. However, if you if you look at the data in contrast to that, year on year we see this increase in security breaches occur as well. Now, if we just step back and look at that, the data states that the more potentially we spend, the more breaches occur. Now the thing that I've been noticing is that obviously there isn't a lack of good technology out there to identify and detect issues, risks, and problems. It's the ability and the effectiveness for an organization to actually ensure cybersecurity is actually built within the business process. Now, I can give you many examples of that if you wish. If we look at the spending side, though, first of all, there's always this argument that there will be increasing threats which require an investment, a financial response by buying more tools, employing more people, maybe engaging in things like security awareness training, which is maybe at the lower end of the cost spectrum, but not free. Where do you see, firstly, the cost pressures or the spending drivers coming from? Um, so the obviously the trend is towards technology. You need the appropriate tooling 100% to have the visibility, the ability to detect and respond and remediate. Um, now, you know, if we if we go back four or five years ago, you know, the ability to get you know increased budget for cybersecurity was always a kind of an uphill struggle. But boards now and executives, obviously, they, they are very aware and cognizant of, of the, the implications for their organizations uh, to be breached. So the, you can argue that the floodgates has been opened um, to spend on the technology, which is great. However, unless that technology is implemented, managed, and again, I keep bringing it back to operationalized appropriately, the ability for an organization to get the ROI and the effectiveness decreases. But are we saying then that some of the money is being misspent or misallocated? Yes, definitely. I, I think, you know, one of the common questions I tend to ask an organization um, on a daily basis when I'm in, engaged with organizations is what is it you're trying to protect and why? So, 
And my analogy to that is we, the world we're in now is totally different on how we consume and use technology. If we look back four or five years ago, it was predominantly on-prem with a, an element of a transition into the cloud and you know, kind of transferring workloads. But we're still in this hybrid mode. And ultimately, the way we approach security when we're within a cloud uh, environment versus an on-prem, th those are different security models and approaches. More importantly, what I see is <clears throat> organizations providing a vanilla level of security across the whole organization. And the problem with that is all organizations are different and different parts of an organization or different business functions have a higher level of risk or impact if that part of the organization was compromised. So what you're seeing is this vanilla level of security being implemented across an organization where there's a part of the business function that has a higher impact or potential risk that has the same level of control as a part of a business function or part of an organization that has a lower impact in the event of a breach. So the actual level of control implementation is not relative to the amount of impact or risk or exposure. So this is within the business itself. This isn't necessarily threat related. Correct. That we're not even talking about threats at the moment. It's the 100%. It's as an organization, what should I be protecting? First of all, what should, what in the event of a breach, what business function or piece of data would become the biggest impact or challenge for me? Now, I'll give you a really good analogy if that's okay. We're kind of evolving in, you know, if we look, if we if we were collectively, my, myself and you, Stephen, were to go into a board meeting tomorrow and we were to talk to the stakeholders and tell them in a quarter's time, EBITDA was to, to drop or go into a negative mode, immediately that board, that executive team would understand what levers in the organization to control the financial risk. They would alter different levers, adjust levers to ultimately ensure that organization becomes a positive EBITDA profit, essentially. Now, that is a, a skill that's been versed over hundreds of years. This is ultimately the approach we need to start taking with cybersecurity. It's impossible to mitigate every single risk. Yes, we need visibility, and yes, we need to be able to de uh, detect it, However, I believe there's an approach where organizations are trying to eradicate every single risk, as opposed to taking visibility of the current problems, the challenges, and then making an informed decision, is it an actual threat? So we, we've got to kind of step back and go, right, some risks we're going to accept, some risks we're going to have to mitigate, and some risks we're just going to have to live with. And that's really, that is a fine balance of being able to do that. So the consequences of that in practice are then that some areas are being over-invested in, perhaps over-protected even, which can further down the line also be detrimental to how easy it is for people to do their jobs because additional security measures usually result in some friction. And then the other side of that, perhaps the more dangerous side, is there's areas that are more exposed than they should be because 
organizations have put in what you describe quite aptly as this vanilla level of security, but they've not optimized the security to the criticality of the business process. Do I understand what you're saying correctly? 100%. And it, it, all, co- it all comes back to, if we pull it back as well, is, is the ability to have the appropriate data to make the, the appropriate informed decisions. And I'll give you another really great example. I'm, I see vast numbers of organizations that have the data. For example, they're running tooling to identify weaknesses or vulnerabilities in their organization. Now, every month, the vulnerability management team will identify you know, large numbers or quantities of high or critical vulnerabilities. And then in order to remediate those challenges or those problems that have been identified, it's reliant on another business function. Because the operator model hasn't been set up to say, right, the accountability to identify is with this uh, this business function, vulnerability team, and the requirement and accountability for remediation is another part, product management or engineering, and that they're accountable to do that, the actual remediation work never gets done because you've got these silos of ownership, these islands, and ultimately the business process is not set up to obviously undertake the measurement, the accountability, and the remediation. So it all comes back to this ability to clearly define the operating model with regards to cybersecurity. Now, when organizations do look at their structure and where they're vulnerable, they tend to be very data focused, but actually this goes beyond data because it's also business processes. Yeah, it, it, 100%. And it, it, it really comes down to clearly defining what the operating model is. Now, I'm going to kind of just give you some examples. In you know every successful organization I've been in, there has been a clearly defined strategy, goal, objective, mission. North Star. Okay. That North Star clearly states what the objective and the mission is going to be. That breaks down into um, smaller objectives, which go down to the product engineering team, marketing, PR, etc. So everyone in that organization are pointing in the same direction. The unique thing about cybersecurity is that it's unlike any other business function or even industry, it affects every single part of an organization. So unless an organization has got a clearly defined cybersecurity strategy that drops down into clearly defined goals and objectives with outcomes underpinned by clearly defined KPIs, then ultimately you get this fragmentation and then you get this ineffectiveness of enabling cybersecurity within the business process. So if you then start tying it into the operations of the, the business, where do you start? Is it, a, is it kind of a tabletop exercise that you should start with in practical terms? You know, does it mean bringing the board together? Are you talking about bringing in a consultancy, uh, for example? Uh, or, or is it reactive? Does it happen because you know, you've run pen tests? You, you said when we were talking um, off air before we started, uh, you know, one of the roles that you've fulfilled in the past has been as a pen tester. So is it you bring in the red team, you bring in the pen testers and you find that actually things break, but not necessarily in the areas you expect them to. And that forces the organization to then look again at how they connect their security to their business processes. Yeah, that's an absolutely great question. And really the starting position is, first of all, is is defining the goal and the objective. What is the strategy for cybersecurity? And that really is, you know, a direction, a strategy, the foundations, the measurement and the change. 
So first of all, you need to clearly define the vision, the mission. You need to understand your foundations, okay? What do you have? What risks? What are the measurements? So where are you at from a, a threat or a risk perspective at the moment? So you collate all this data. But before you can actually take this any further, in order for a cybersecurity strategy or what I call a cyber target operating model to be successful, if we look back at that really successful organization business that we may have been involved or the audience listening have been involved in, they've had a number of core foundations, okay? So this is not even talking about cybersecurity at the moment. Any successful organization has a culture. It has the ability to do, uh, measure. It has accountability. It has processes. It has resources. And it has an element of automation. So before we can actually start moving from a current operating model to a cyber target oper operating model, we need to understand what the cybersecurity culture is. Now, often when I say this, Stephen, I, I say to the customer, say, rank your cybersecurity culture from a zero to a five. Five being very, very good, extremely mature, zero being nascent. Everyone goes, well, I'm a four or a five. We do security awareness and we do training and we do phishing. I go, great, that's brilliant. So tell me what are the HR team responsible for cybersecurity? And I get people staring at me. Well, what do you mean HR? So if you, if you have a very high security culture, which you're telling me I have a very mature culture, HR are involved, aren't they? And I get stares. And they go, no. So I say, okay, so how can you have an amazing cybersecurity culture if the business function who manage people are not involved in cybersecurity and are accountable for it? And then we do this. So basically what, what we then very quickly do, we go on a whiteboard and say, right, let's list out all your business functions, engineering, product management, finance, accounting, HR, sales, marketing, et cetera. So that's down the left-hand side. And along the top, we basically rank culture, accountability, measurement, processes, resources, automation. And we quickly score them. Now, the point what we're doing here is we're doing a very quick risk assessment, and it gives us a very quick visibility of the level of maturity across the core foundational elements. And straight away, what that will show is, in some areas, you have a high level of culture or a high level of accountability, or measurement, and you can see the gaps very, very quickly. Once you've identified those gaps, Stephen, you start underpinning these with what I call KPIs. Very few organizations that have come across actually use KPIs, key performance indicators, to actually visualize, adjust, and mature track cybersecurity. That's true. So they're actually not measuring, are they not measuring enough or just not measuring the right things? They're not, they're, they're, they're measuring the technical elements, okay, which is great. But those technical elements are not being translated into business. So, and this is again, you know, we're compounding the problems we're kind of explaining here. So we've got the kind of the operating model. It's very tech-led. We've got no clearly defined business process baked into the organization. We haven't got an operating model. And then we measure cyber with, with tech, which is amazing. And we have to do that. But unless you have a way of translating that technical data into effectiveness or into business outcomes, you're never going to see the true benefit of actually 
you know, embracing cybersecurity within an organization. Now, a really great example would be, um, you know, a KPI, you know, remediation to meantime to detect a, a, a risk or a threat, meantime to remediate a problem. Um, just, you know, I, and I've started creating about 30 or 40 key KPIs where, you know, people can actually use this, use the KPIs, take the technical data, feed that into the KPIs, and it translates it into a business language. So stakeholders across the organization can clearly see, actually, I have a, I have a breakdown, I have a silo, we're identifying vulnerabilities, but actually the KPI is showing there's actually a breakdown in handoff from one business function to another business function. So how extensive a piece of work is this? Is this something that has to be you know, properly resourced and planned in? No, not, not at all. It, it's just taking a pragmatic approach to say, right, what is my current operating model and where do I want to go? And really, it, it just starts by doing some very basic things initially, just using KPIs to show a breakdown in business process within an organization. That's the first step. And, you know, I've, I've started, I've done a number of kind of bright talks talking this through and I'm creating blueprints at the moment, but it's, it's all about taking your organization, your stakeholders on a journey. And I think as a CISO in today's world, they need to move from what I call a guard to being a leader. And it's all about taking the organization on a journey to say, look, security is a role and responsibility for everyone. We have to clearly define expectations, goals, objectives, KPIs, responsibilities, aka we can call this a RACI, across an organization and our third parties of what we expect and we're going to measure against it. Now, that's no different, and I'll bring it back to financial risk management. So then before we look at risk, which is the next step, I, I suppose we need to look at threats because that's the other variable, and that's the variable you can't control. So you should have an idea of where your data is and which data need to be protected and the, the value of those data. You should understand the value and the fragility or robustness of your business processes. And again, you can control that because you can invest in that. But what you can't do is control the threat landscape. And that seems to be evolving you know, in the wrong way, in all the wrong ways, regardless. So I kind of agree and disagree, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to give a plug for Rapid7 now, but Rapid7 has an extensive platform. It gives you the intelligence. It gives you the visibility across all stacks. And it gives you the data how to remediate that. Now, it's taking that data, an extensive platform that gives you the full 360 view of your organization and your, you know, external to your, your business. It could be third-party supply chain, threat intelligence, et cetera. And it's giving you all of the data. It's giving you the answers. The breakdown comes is actually taking that and fulfilling the risks, the threats that have been identified and ensuring they're remediated in an organization in a programmatic way. And that's the breakdown. So it's actually connecting those two layers together then. So it's connecting the threat to the business process of what you're trying to do. Yeah. So, you know, again, the Rapid7 platform provides the data, provides the ability, uh, the visibility, provides the, con um, the context. It's the ability to take that and remediate 
those items that have been identified within the business. So it's the same, right, okay, we've identified 20,000 problems in the cloud, right, we can either automate it within the Rapid7 platform, but we need people internally to be accountable for that automation to enable it or to accept it or create the process or the policy. So it's it, it comes back to the ability to operationalize the the things that have been identified, the risks, the vulnerabilities, the threats, and making that a continual process because that's the other breakdown here. Security is not just a once in a moment. It's continual. It's a continual process. And the closest I can get to this is financial risk. Every day, every month, every quarter, the organization looks at the financial health of an organization. It alters and adjusts levers to ensure the, the health of the financial model. And this is the approach that we have to take with cybersecurity. It's a continual evolving target. It's continually moving. We accept some risks, we mitigate some risks, and we accept others, just like we do with financial risks. And when I have this kind of, when I do this analogy with board members and execs, they totally get it. And that's how cybersecurity, the process needs to evolve as it does with financial risk. That brings to mind for me, at least, uh, something that was quite widely discussed a few years ago now, which was around business continuity. And maybe there are analogies and learnings that we can take. Maybe there's some lessons we can take from that into the cybersecurity operations as well, that it was quite common for people to commission quite big business continuity plans and quite big disaster recovery plans, but they sat on shelves and they very rarely got updated as the business changed and the risks they faced changed. And, you know, we've all been there and we've probably all seen those shelves. And I, I wonder that we didn't learn from that because, again, I'd, I'd interview people such as yourselves and, and um, your opposite numbers doing CIO jobs and working in business risk in terms of uh, keeping the information systems running from those physical threats so the usual fire flood etc and they all said the same thing that these plans are not being updated they're done a box is ticked you know an iso whatever is uh stamped onto the company letterhead uh, and off we go and then they only realize that the plan was not up to date when a disaster happened that wasn't in the plan or, or evolved in a way the plan wasn't designed to cope with. Um, you know, have we learned from that? Because it does strike me it was probably about 15, 20 years ago when this was a big ticket item in, in IT and uh, it seems to be less on the agenda. But the security risks falling into the same, you know, I've put this on the shelf mentality. These days it's I've saved a PDF file somewhere probably, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 on the, it's on SharePoint. Oh, yeah, has anyone looked at the cybersecurity incident response plan? Yeah, it's on SharePoint, you know. <laughs> so... Uh, is, is that taking is that taking the point too far? That actually, you know, what we've not done is we're we're good at developing a plan, but we're not good at keeping our plans up to date and keeping our plans aligned with the evolution of the risks that we face. Yeah, one well, is a moving target to continually, and you know, again, I, I kind of I, I kind of keep saying it, but security has to be part of the business process. Okay. It's just like financial risk. You know, if me and you were in an organization and we had this great idea to go off and, and do a new project, the CFO is going to go, okay, great. What's the ROI? What's it going to cost? When am I going to get my return? Cybersecurity is no different. If we're going to go and spin up a new cloud instance or we're going to go and develop a new product within the organization, what are the risks? What are the minimum baseline security controls? What's the rate of vulnerability testing? How often are we going to pen test? Are we doing application security? What's the threat intelligence? Where are the keys being stored, et cetera? 
these are all things that unfortunately become a matter after. If we actually do it as part of the business process, implement the appropriate tooling, then actually the operational cost is reduced, risk is minimized, and it just becomes the normal. So then the next stage on from that is what? So we're talking about putting security measures into operations. Is that something that the the vendors of technology need to do? Is that something that people supplying data management systems, the cloud need to do for you? Or is that something an organization actually needs to do itself? No, you know, again, you know, not to plug Rapid7 too much here, uh, Stephen, but again, you know, the the tooling can be embedded within the business process. It can be automated. So, you know, let's take cloud security. You know, we can auto um, detect, remediate, security risks within within the cloud automatically but again a lot of organizations they you know they don't necessarily enable the automation part of this they will use it to detect um, but again it, there's different appetites the tooling is there to do this it's the ability to actually make it part of the business process so it, it doesn't require new technology the technology is there it, it just needs to be part of the business process. And I, I think I've had a pain for every time I said it. It's, you know, the technology, you know, the Rapid7 platform will do all of, do everything that's required by an organization to continually assess, uh, detect, respond, and essentially automate. It's a continual life cycle. So you're continually assessing the risk. You're continually detecting the threats. You're continually responding and then you're continually uh, remediating, automating the problems. And this is a continual life cycle, just like, you know, every month, you know, in a sales team, you know, they look at the pipeline, they look at the, the number, you know, the deals closed, they look at the annual recurring revenue, then off they go again. It's a continual cycle. And at any point, where that sales individual was, you know, not getting you know, not getting the numbers on his pipeline, or closing the appropriate um, number of deals, not meeting his target. There's potentially implications. Why should it be so different to cybersecurity? We've got a sales process. We need a security process. We have a, you know, a financial, um, you know approach that a CFO takes for, for you know, uh, managing financial risks. These processes are all part of a business process. Cybersecurity is not a process that's baked into an organization as of yet. So how far are we from that point? How far are we from the point that when we're looking at a business process or a new product or service, that actually cybersecurity is on those things along with return on investment, you know, profitability margins, human resources, and all the other things that you need to do to make that possible? It's a great question. And if I had a, a, a magic wand or a, a, a glass I could look into and give you the answer, I'll, I would give it to you. All I will say though, Stephen, is, you know, they've been talking to organizations all over the world of all sizes, all industries, and they, they recognize the need for this. Um, and I think it's going to be a journey. Yeah. It's all about outcomes. And at some point, you're getting the more progressive organizations taking this journey in partnership with Rapid7. They understand we have the, the appropriate platform, amazing technology, and they're, you know, they're, they're taking guidance from us on how to create the operating model to maximize the Rapid7 platform to make security part of the business process. But it, it, it comes down to 
you know, the role of a CISO, cybersecurity is a, still a very new area. So I think we've got a way to go for it to become just like financial risk. But the more astute organizations are recognizing, actually they can get more of an ROI by actually making security part of the business process. To start this, they're reviewing their current operating model, and then they're moving to what I call a cyber target operating model, which obviously I've coined along with the term operationalizing cybersecurity. Well, Jason Hart, EMEA CTO at Rapid7, thank you very much for joining us today. Very welcome, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Jason Hart from Rapid7 on why continuing to reassess risk and tying cyber into business processes is the only clear way to stay ahead of cybersecurity threats. That, though, is all for this episode of Security Insights. We'll be back in two weeks' time when we'll be looking at neurodiversity and cybersecurity and speaking to one firm that is taking the lead in recruiting and supporting neurodiverse talent. That will be live from Wednesday, the 2nd of November. Until then, you can, of course, catch up on our past programmes on the website, securityinsights.co.uk, and on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. Do you have views on the future direction of cybersecurity? And would you like to be a guest on our podcast? If you do, please contact the editor at info at securityinsights.co.uk. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the point of view that you want to raise. We look forward to hearing from you.